Today's passage is taken from Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 to 23. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world, rather than on Christ. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and you have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. In him you are also circumcised, the putting off of the sinful nature, not with the circumcision done by the hands of men, but with the circumcision done by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins having cancelled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink, or with regard to a religious festival a new moon celebration or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you for the prize. Such a person goes into great detail about what he has seen and his unspiritual mind puffs him up with idle notions. He has lost connection with the head from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. Since you died with Christ to the basic principles of this world, why, as though you still belong to it, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These are all destined to perish with use because they are based on human commands and teachings. Such regulations, indeed, have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. This is the word of the Lord. Great. Well, good morning and uh, again a happy new year also from me. It's great to yeah, be with you again. Thank you Evelyn for praying, Jeff for reading. Uh, let's pray once more. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for your word. I just pray that you would lift our eyes to Jesus. Help us to see him, see everything we have in him. And would you encourage us for this new year in Jesus' name. Amen. Great. Well, as parents, uh, yeah, we want to raise our children, and one of the tools we often use is, uh, you know, you watch a movie together, and then let's talk about it. You can often learn lessons, right? What was good, what was 
uh, something we can learn because you just had a great illustration. Now recently we saw Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, I don't know if you know it, it's this classic children's movie, uh, it's really fun based on a musical, uh, of course some positive lessons, but one easy one is uh, don't get kidnapped. If you know the movie there's uh, the child catcher, it's this, this guy who catches children and of course he's got a black suit and a long black cape and uh, yeah, this long cape and he this creepy voice and oh, of course he's scary. Uh, the only thing is of course sometimes he's not scary, right? How does he catch the children in the end? Well he dresses up in nice clothes and he offers free candy and free ice cream and then the stupid children they ignore what the parents have said and they go and yeah they get caught. And of course then we say well don't get kidnapped, right? Don't talk to strangers, don't uh, if someone offers you sweets if someone you don't know, uh, don't take them. Now, that may seem silly, may seem sour, but it's a real problem, right? And there are places where that really happens. And so we, we, yeah, we want to sound a bit of a sour note sometimes. Well, I think that's partly what we see today here in this passage. Uh, Colossians is a great book, wonderful things about Jesus, but Paul has a bit of a sour warning today. Uh, don't get kidnapped. Uh, look at verse 8. Uh, that's what he says. See to it that no one takes you captive. Make sure you don't get caught by hollow and deceptive philosophy, a human tradition, those kind of things. Watch out that you don't get caught. And what he's talking about is the, these false teachers. And you know, they, they look harmless. They don't, they don't have a black cape and a creepy voice. And uh, they don't look like that. It looks nice. They just offer you more. But Paul says, no, don't get caught. Don't get kidnapped. Um, because you already have Jesus and you have everything. And so that's, I think, a warning we need to hear, right? It's here in the Bible because God wants us to. But I hope it's encouraging because, again, it's going to point us, well, that guy doesn't have candy. Look at Jesus. And so what Paul wants, <laughs> you've heard it many times, but let's say it again. Paul wants us, look, stick with Jesus. What I want for you, Colossians, I want you to stick with Jesus. And that's kind of from the key verses there, verses 6 and 7. You want to know this book, this is, the, this is the heart of it, right? So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith, and as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Hey, you can hear it, continue to live your lives in Him. Just as you received, just as you started, go on. You started with Jesus, right? You put your trust in Him, well, go on with Him. And these great images, right? Uh, rooted in Him. Uh, you see this tree and it has these roots deep in the ground and it's not going to move because it's, it's connected to the ground from which it gets its life. That's, that's a picture for us, right? But not just you know, deep, but then, you know, built up. Uh, think of a building. It's got deep foundations, but then you can build high with fruit and love and good works and all the things that, we, that we've seen, right? That's, that's a wonderful picture of the Christian life, but, you know, keep going with Christ. Because it says, you know, continue to live your lives. We, you know, the, the real word is walking. It's, it's our daily life. This is not about how you're saved. It's about how we live kind of day to day, day to day living, day to day growing. Well, that's the same. You're, the way in is the way on. Christ, which is the opposite of what the false teachers are saying. That's why he's saying, well, watch out for those guys. 
I know, we don't know exactly. It's, it would be nice to have a letter from the false teachers, right? And we knew exactly what they said and we can compare the two. We just need to pick up a few clues. But, but what Paul seems to be saying is, look, they think you need more for the Christian life. Yes, Jesus saves you, but then now you need more for your daily life. Uh, it's not the same thing. You know, think of the Old Testament. Yeah, we, the Exodus brought people out of Egypt, right? The Passover, that kind of stuff. But then how do you live now? Well, now you need the law. Now you need something else. And guys, you know, living the Christian life, now you need something else. And so it talks about fullness. Well, you, you can have more of God. And it talks about, you know, the, the flesh, our sinful nature. You, you can be more holy if you just do this. And what kind of things? Well, you heard Sabbath and circumcision and what you eat or drink seems to be yeah, the, the Old Testament law. If you, if you follow these kind of Old Testament practices, you can get closer to God. And, and why do you need it? You know, rulers and authorities mentioned a few times. Maybe there's these evil spiritual forces. And uh, how do you get past them? Well, you don't uh, follow these practices. And, and, and uh, do you get visions of God and you can be closer? I don't know. But something like that. The thing is, Paul says, no, they, that's not Jesus. You have Jesus, don't move on. And, and it's not just that these guys don't have candy. You already have all the candy in the world. You have Jesus, you don't need him. And why? Well, we, in Jesus, what do we have? We have the fullness of God, the fullness of God. I mean, that sounds great, right? Being filled with all the fullness of God. Who doesn't want to be filled with all the fullness of God? Oh, verse 9. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ you have been brought to fullness. You have the fullness of God already. And so what's, you know, these false teachers, they promise you something, but you already have it. You have Jesus. You have fullness of God inside you, Christ in you. You know, there's not a single part of God that you don't already have. We often don't feel like that, right? We, many of us, we don't like these online services. It's not really the same there in your living room, in front of a TV, and you feel far from God. Now, we feel like that, but, but feeling is not being. While you're sitting there on your chair, you've got all the fullness of God inside you. You've got access to all the fullness of God. That's an amazing thought, right? Uh, you're not far from God, even though you're there in your living room. No, we, we have fullness. And so we don't need, you know, in a way, we, we don't need these practices. Why, why would today, you already have it. And it's not just that, it's uh, death to our sinful nature, right? That's what they were promising, you know, uh, the flesh, your sinful nature. And it talks about your whole self ruled by the flesh. Uh, how does it talk? How does Paul talk about it? He talks about circumcision. Now, that's a bit weird. I don't think we talk much about circumcision. If you don't know what it means, ask your parents. They will be happy to explain that. But uh, uh, circumcision in the Old Testament—it's a sign of belonging to God, right? And it's—it's it's about you know getting rid of sin. You know what did the Israelites need? They needed circumcised hearts, uh, hearts that kind of were, were free from sin, and you know. That maybe they promise, you know, get circumcised, and then uh, it will help you get rid of sin. Well, Paul says, no, no, you have Jesus. Jesus has circumcised you in a way. Uh, how? Well, uh, you were circumcised and then buried and raised. Circumcision, uh, his death. You died and raised with Christ. 
And yeah, through that, through his death and burial and resurrection, you are now, well, that, that's the cure for sin. I mean, ultimately that is true, right? How do we get rid of sin in our body? Ultimately, we need a resurrection body. We need a new creation. And it's a sad thing. That is how deep, sun, deep sin runs within us. We need a whole new body. Resurrection. But actually, Jesus has died and been raised. And so in a, we already have it. We belong to him. We are connected to the new creation. Yeah, that's in Jesus. And, and so our sinful nature, yeah, we've been circumcised. Our sin, rule, whole self ruled by the flesh is dealt with. It's put off. What a promise. I mean, that's how Paul sees us, right? If you look down at verse 20, uh, since you died with Christ to the elemental spiritual forces of the world. Uh, 3 verse 1, since then you have been raised with Christ. Paul says, look, look at yourself, you have died with Christ. You have been raised with Christ. It's, it's a reality. I mean, it's not, a, it's not that I have a resurrection body, but I'm connected to the new creation through Jesus. And so, you have that. You belong to a new creation without any sin. That's perfect. You have, you're connected to Christ's resurrection power. You have it. And what more? Uh, freedom from legalism. That's the last few verses. Verse 13. Uh, you were dead in your sins and, and God just forgave you and he saved you. And uh, how? Well, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness which stood against us and condemned us. He's taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Well, sounds a bit weird. We've been forgiven by, by cancelling a charge. Maybe think of this, this list of all the laws that we've broken and all the punishments that we deserve. Kind of like a, a record that's charged against us. And Jesus took that and he paid for it. He nailed it to the cross. He, he's paid for all of those things. And, and so all those laws that we've broken and all those rules that no longer, it's all taken care of. And so, yeah, we are, we're free, free from having to, you know, <laughs> free from having to keep these rules because the, all the charges has been paid, something like that. And that has disarmed the evil spirits. Again, those evil spirits uh, having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made, he made a spectacle of them. Uh, how does this disarm evil spirits? Well, they try to trick us, right? That's what Satan did in the Garden of Eden. Uh, laws are a great tool for them because, you know, if there's a law, then you can, they can get you to break it. Yeah, so he, Satan got Adam and Eve to break the command and they got separated from God. What if there's no rules? What if it's all taken care of? Then powerless. You know, the, the, the evil spirits got nothing on you because it's all paid for by Christ. That's the thing here, you have everything. And again, all this is such assurance. I mean, when do you feel furthest from God? I guess when you sin, right? When we struggle with the, 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 the sinful nature inside us, we struggle with that we're not good enough. It's all taken care of in Jesus. We, we have, uh, he's done everything, the penalty, the punishment, the power, it's all done by him. And we're connected to him, and then one day it'll be consummated. We have it all. Right? You've got all the candy in the world we, we ever need. And it, again, doesn't mean that we can just now sin whatever we want. You'll see next week that that's, that's not the idea. 
The only thing is we don't have to kind of worry that, oh, if I break this rule, then it's all over or anything like that. We're not, our relationship with God is, it's, it's, it's Jesus and it's not based on our rule keeping or anything like that. It's a very different way of living. So we have the fullness of God. We have everything in Jesus. And, and contrast it with, you know, what these false teachers are offering. That's just empty shadows. Right? Point three, empty shadows. Don't feel pressurized by them. Uh, verse 16, therefore do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival or a new moon celebration or a Sabbath day. Don't let anyone judge you. Don't let anyone say, oh, you're, you're not much of a Christian. Uh, don't let anyone say, that, let anyone disqualify you. Oh, you're, you're, you're not, you're disqualified. You're not really in because you don't have this. You don't have visions and you don't have... Uh, you, don't, you don't join with the angels in worship and you, you don't do this. No, you've got, you've got everything. After all, these things, Paul says, they are just shadows. In the Old Testament law, it pointed to Christ, but <laughs> if it pointed to Christ, you now have the reality in Christ. Yeah, the, the, the Sabbath, Sabbath day. Well, I mean, it was a great time for the Jews, right? Uh, they... You know, they had a special day and they stopped work and they did various rituals and that's kind of, yeah, now this is a, ah, we feel close to God because one day God would bring them close to him. But that just points to Jesus and, and, and you have Jesus now, which means rituals don't add any, anything, right? You, you are as close to God as, you, as you'll ever be and well, what can they add? But well, they're just pointers. I mean, I'm in a restaurant and I've got this amazing food and someone tells me, come outside and come and have a look at the menu. I, I don't need the menu anymore, right? I've got the food and the menu's not going to satisfy me. It's just a picture of the real thing and the real thing is right in front of me and I've got it. I'm not saying that it's not good to, you know, take some time every week to you know, have a day away from work, away from all the pressures and spend time with God. But, but that's relational. That is not physical, if I can put it like that, right? You're not physically closer to God on Sunday. You are not physically closer to God in a church building. Or what else? Uh, music. I once talked to someone who, you know, we need music and praise to bring us close to God. And now, definitely it's great to sing at the start of the service, right? It, it helps you focus. You come all distracted and actually reminding yourself of these truths. That's great. But for him, now that there's this spiritual barrier between us and God, and, and if we just worship intensely enough, then we can break through that barrier and experience God. And I'm sorry, I, I don't see that in the Bible, right? Where is the barrier? Surely Jesus, Jesus dealt with the spiritual barrier. And now we can just enjoy him. And, and when we sing, we, yeah, we, you know, we, we can meet him and, and everything. And we, we, don't, we don't need to break through any barrier. We have Jesus. Right? Does that make sense? Now, that may seem just harmless, but Paul says it's not harmless. Don't get taken captive. What does he say about those guys? Verse 19. They have lost connection with the head, from whom the whole body supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews grows as God causes it to grow. If you think it's all based on music and not on Jesus, then you've lost your connection with Jesus. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've got Jesus, but now I need this other thing. You're losing connection with him, Paul says. And, and, and most of us would say it's not good to lose our connection with Jesus. Right? Yeah, so we don't, you have everything in Jesus and other things 
I mean, relationally, they can be helpful. But physically, they don't do anything. If I can call, I mean, God is not physical, but I hope you see what I mean. Kind of, there's no uh, substance. Or, or rules. Rules don't make you holy, Paul says. Eh? Verse 21, do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. Uh, these rules, they, they look good, right? Someone who doesn't eat certain things and I don't touch certain things and uh, I keep all those rules. And that, that, but does that really make you holy? Does that really change your heart? Well, end of verse 23. They lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. They, they, they don't change you. I mean, if you think about it. <laughs> right? well, again, what do we need to really deal with sin? We need a new creation. Can these things give you a new creation? You know, you've got that already. Verse 20, since you died with Christ to this world, the, the things that are just in this world, just, you know, water, uh, water washing your hands, that does not bring you to the new creation. But you already have that. You're connected to it through Christ. Right? You don't need it. Uh, not eating pork, it's not that that makes the difference between the new creation and this creation. Right? <laughs> this is so much bigger these things can't change it. And I guess we, we're not really into food laws or circumcision or those kind of things. Uh, what do we do? Uh, sometimes some Christians, they make rules, the be-all and end-all. And if you just keep all these rules about what we wear and what we can and can't do, uh, then we'll be holy. Uh, again, many of these things are helpful. I don't know, uh, don't watch 18 plus movies. I think that's a very helpful guideline. Help, very helpful to avoid temptation for many of us. But does that change me? Does that change my heart and get rid of the lust there? It doesn't. Right? It's just a helpful guideline. But to really deal with something, who, who is the real one who can get rid of the sin inside me? Jesus. Rules can't do that. Right? So, helpful guidelines, but the real power is in Jesus. And so, yeah, don't get kidnapped. Again, some of these things are helpful. Music is helpful. A day of rest is helpful. You know, <laughs> what to watch, helpful. But it's not the real thing. The real thing ultimately is Jesus. So don't be kidnapped. And, and remember what you have in Him. Everything is in Him. You don't need what they offer. You, you don't need free candy. You already got all the free candy in the world. Wonderful. And so, yeah, let's, I mean, let's stay with it. But then, how about Lent? I, I think... That is the kind of thing, right? Well, okay, we hear this, but at the same time in the service we say, well, Lent, you know, uh, give up this. Uh, you hear harsh, no, don't touch this food, and harsh treatment. That sounds like Lent, right? The giving up chocolate and those kind of things. Okay, how do we apply this? You know, okay, I've given a few examples. How can, I'm thinking of Lent, what, how should I see spiritual disciplines? That's a good question. Well, I would say, see it a bit like Valentine. Do something. It's not that your marriage automatically gets better just because you go into a restaurant. Right? That you ate this steak and that steak will do something inside you to make you love your wife more. It doesn't work like that, right? They're just helpful tools. But the real thing is, is the relationship. And you know, it's different. Some people, they just go for a walk and that's great. And some people, they have a wonderful romantic talk around the kitchen table. You don't need to, the restaurant may help, but it's, it's not essential, right? It's just something helpful. So, so what does that do for Christian, spiritual disciplines? They just help us connect to Christ. They don't do something in themselves, but they help us connect to Christ. 
and Christ is the one who really does it. So I think there's two key questions that we need to ask about spiritual disciplines and then, then you know it's a good thing. First of all, does it give me Christ? Does it give me Christ? Because Paul says, well, you know, walk with Christ, walk in Christ and watch out for anything that's not Christ. So the one app is a, is a good thing. Why is it a good thing? Well, <laughs> you read Mark's Gospel, right? You read Romans, you, you get Christ from the Word. Does that make sense? If you take yoga up for Lent, I mean, I'm not sure if yoga will give you Christ, so maybe that doesn't really help you grow in Christ, right? It needs to give you Christ. Uh, fasting or giving up chocolate, giving up TV. Now, in itself, it won't do much, right? Giving up chocolate doesn't make me more holy. But if I, instead of, when I give up chocolate, instead I spend time praying, instead I, I say, no, Jesus, I want you more than chocolate, then, I, then I'm getting Christ, right? So are you getting Christ? Does it give me Christ? That's the first question. And the second thing that this passage will say, well, are others free not to do it? Or something like that. Will it make you judge others? Because that's the problem, right? Do not let anyone judge you. Are others free not to do it? Is it just a helpful thing, but not essential? If it becomes essential, then, then it's a problem. Because then, then it almost starts to replace Christ. And if you say, well, if you're not giving up chocolate, well, you're, you're not very spiritual, you're, you're not much of a Christian. Actually, if that person has Christ, they have everything. You can't really say they're not much of a Christian, right? I mean, the, the one Bible reading app is helpful. I hope many of us will do, and I, I hope it unifies us. But the, big the principle is getting the word of Christ, right? 3 verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And the one app is one way of doing it, but... There's other ways of reading the Bible. Uh, last year I read through the New Testament over Lent instead of doing the, the One app. You know, it's okay. Uh, if you judge people for it, well, they're not much of a Christian, you know, because of this. Then, then, then something's wrong, right? Or, or prayer. It's good to pray. <laughs> but, you know, people pray differently. Just like, you know, husbands and wives, they, they relate differently. Some people, they pray long or rather short, or loud or quiet. Uh, calm or emotional, uh, praying in tongues or just in your normal language. People do different things and, and that's okay. The, the main thing is that you pray, but if you well, say to others, well, you're not praying like me, therefore, and you need to really pray like this, otherwise you're not much of a Christian, then, then, then it's become too important, right? Because that other person, well, you have Christ, but it's not enough. What you really need is, is my way of praying. Then there's something wrong. Then, then, then that has replaced Christ. And, and, you know, you're in danger of losing the connection. So those two questions, I hope that makes sense. Does it give me Christ? Are others free not to do it? And if, you, if that is true, well, it's a great thing. And, and please do it. Because, you know, when you hear this, I think the temptation is I'm doing the easy way. You know what, I'm not going to do anything for Lent. And then I'm certainly not going to be like the Colossians. But I hope you can see, well, that's not really what Paul would want. You know, the Colossians, they wanted fullness. They wanted to grow, and, and they were good desires. <laughs> it's just they were looking in the wrong place. That's why Paul, well, let's go back to verse 6, right? Look to Christ, you know, keep growing in Christ. Grow deeper roots in Him. Build up more in Him. You know, you have all the fullness of God in Christ. Well. Enjoy it more, <laughs> you know, use it more. 
you have holiness in, in, in him. You grow in, in, in power through more time with Christ. Right? That's what Paul would want. I hope we want that. Right? We, uh, yeah, well, of course, we don't want to get kidnapped. But I hope we want to grow. We want to be like this tree. We want like this building. We want, you know, live a life worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. Well, it's all there in Christ, but we need to use it. We need to access it. Let's do that this Lent. Uh, would it be a great season of growth, not a season of stagnation and, and nothing? Yeah? That would be a wonderful prayer. Let's pray for that. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that you have given him to us so graciously. Thank you that he died and he did everything that we could connect to you through him. Father, help us to see what we have in him, uh, see all the blessings, all the power, all the fullness, everything that we need. Uh, would we not look for it in other ways, but just want more of Christ? The coming weeks as we, you know, as we spend time, would we make that time? Make that time and enjoy all the riches of Christ that we have uh, and not let this season pass by. In Jesus' name. Amen.